Welcome to the sermon webcast of Good News Lutheran Church of Mount Horb, Wisconsin. The following sermon was preached on Sunday, April 28, 2019, by guest preacher Pastor Paul Schutman on the basis of John 20, verses 19 through 31. So this is considered historically one of the least attended Sundays of the church here. Did you know that? Why? It really makes no sense whatsoever, doesn't it? We just came off the all-time high. We saw our Lord and Savior there on the cross. We saw him last week come out of the tomb. It's never been done before. This is exciting. And yet, how many of you talked about it this week? What drove our conversations? Was it the weather? Snow in April. Oh, man. Was it the draft? Oh, I can't wait to see what's going to happen. Thursday, now Friday, now Saturday. You wait and see. It's going to be a whole week long before you know it. What drove your conversation? The work week, the family vacation, you name it. And here's the kicker. I'm pretty sure it's safe to say none of us were under lock and key. Fair? Well, thanks, Pastor. I'm glad I came today. Way to put it in a positive light. Today we're going to stop and we're going to look and we're going to see how we're not the only ones that struggle. Struggle to share the gospel message. We see these disciples this week locked in that upper room. We see a doubting Thomas. But yet here today, we also, more importantly, hear the comforting words of our Lord and Savior Jesus. Stop doubting and believe. As you look at our text here again, we're reminded that not much time has really taken place since Jesus had risen from the dead. The disciples' first instinct was to go up and to lock themselves in a room. They did it again for fear of the Jewish leaders. And it makes sense that they're in a locked room, right? If it's locked, they can't get in, right? (laughs) It doesn't make really a whole lot of sense. If you're anyone with any kind of authority the police, the FBI, and there's a locked door between them and the person they need to talk to, what's going to happen to the door? You bet it's going to get smashed in. I love it. Anybody can figure that out. Thank you so much. I loved it. But it makes sense, right? They're terrified of these Jewish leaders because of what they did to their Jesus. Serious serious moment their friend had died. The one that they had left their jobs, their careers, their homes, everything for, they followed him to this cross. And not really. They, they, they were terrified even then. What happened there in the Garden of Gethsemane? They fled. Peter denied his Lord. These are his disciples. And they also realized and see very clearly the power of the Jewish leaders. Here's Jesus who's innocent. Jesus who had never sinned, thought, word, action, flawless in every way. They put him on the cross via the Roman leadership. Lies! Lies! We talk about lies. There's never been lies like this before. Jesus, the Son of God, put on a cross reserved for notorious criminals like Barabbas. No wonder they were terrified. 
No wonder they were behind lock and key. They didn't want to go to the cross too. They didn't want to be punished. They didn't want to be the next. It makes sense. But what also makes sense is what takes place next. Jesus comes. We see a number of things here. Jesus is still being Jesus. You know, when he walked here on this earth, sometimes we don't always remember this very clearly. He is God. He knows all things. He has all power, all authority. But when Jesus walked here on this earth, he humbled himself. He didn't always make full use of that power. But now Jesus is glorified. Now Jesus is making use of all of his power, all of his authority. Jesus is not holding back in any way, shape, or form. And what is the word that he brings to his people who've locked themselves in this upper room? Peace. Peace be with you. And isn't that the best news that a terrified heart can receive? Peace. And Jesus does more than just say peace. He shows them peace. You know, if you look at the the accounts of the crucifixion, you don't necessarily hear about the nails going through Jesus' hands and feet. But you do hear about the nails going through his hands and feet in the resurrection accounts. Jesus is alive. He was dead. And in Revelation, Jesus said it again, Behold, I was dead, but now I am alive forever and ever. Therefore, you have peace. Now, as you look here, you'll see that Jesus doesn't just bring them a message of peace. He now gives them a mission, doesn't he? A mission that involves keys, keys of a different kind. Keys, well, of sending his people out of that locked room. I'm going to unlock this door for you. You don't have to be afraid of those Jewish leaders. I've got work for you to do. I'm going to send you out into the world. I'm going to send you to go and do work for me. I am going to have you go and proclaim this good news of peace. And as you proclaim this good news of peace, I'm going to send with you the Holy Spirit. In other words, you're not alone. And doesn't Jesus also highlight that too before he ascends into heaven? I am with you always to the very end of the age. All authority, all power has been given to me, but I'm still going to be with you. Even though you can't visually see me, I am with you and the Holy Spirit is with you. And this message of peace is with you. As you see my war wounds, as you take a look at my side, peace is yours. Because remember, because I live, so do you. Ah, yes. Those keys come back again, don't they? What's the story with these keys today? We've got a bike clock up here. We've got the, the, the first lesson from Acts. We had God's disciples locked in a prison. We have Jesus in Revelation saying, I have all of the keys. And then here now we have the disciples locked in a room. These are really the keys that we need to focus it on, though. Those other keys, we heard how simply they're broken. Uh, we, we learn how very easily they can be picked. We see how cars can be gone in 60 seconds. 
But these keys, these keys that Jesus gives to his disciples are very important. And what are these keys? He says, I give you the keys to forgive sin, and I give you the key to not forgive sin. I give these to you, my children. I want you to forgive sins as if I were forgiving those sins. Do you remember that story of Jesus? And there was that full house, and there was that guy that couldn't walk, and the disciples were trying to get Jesus to that guy, and he got him finally to the guy, and, and Jesus said he was, his sins were forgiven, and all the Pharisees were kind of looking at him going like, who are you to forgive sins? You can't do that. You don't have that power and authority. And Jesus said this, to show you that I have the power to do such a thing, he says, which is harder, to tell this young man, get up and walk, or to tell him his sins are forgiven? But to show I have the power to do both, he, he had that guy stand up, he had him walk. But then he goes, yes, he is forgiven too, isn't he? Jesus can forgive sins because Jesus lived in our place. Jesus died on the cross. Jesus has the keys and he gives them to you. He gives them to the disciples. And he says, now go out and tell people this good news. Stop staying in this locked room. Go and tell this good news. So that they can hear they are forgiven. And if there are people that don't want to be forgiven, people that don't want to say sorry, well then I've given you the key also to bind them to their sin. Until they say they're sorry. Until they ask for forgiveness. You can bind and you can loose as if I am doing it myself, Jesus says to his members of his church. This is some powerful stuff. And Jesus commissions his disciples to do it. He gives them the peace. He shows them the wounds. He opens the door and he says, go with my spirit. Ah, but isn't there somebody that was missing that day? Now Thomas, one of the twelve, was not with them and what did he have to say? Oh, I'm not going to believe anything. I need to check it out, right? I need to see those war wounds. I need to see what's going on here. Is anyone really going to fault Thomas here this morning? Really? <laughs> I would hope not. From a human standpoint, it makes complete logical sense, doesn't it? Have any of you ever seen someone buried and three days later come out of the tomb? You haven't, have you? As far as I'm aware, Thomas says neither. The other disciples, they haven't really either. Lazarus, though, right? But wasn't it Jesus that was telling them to come out? Can Jesus pick up his own life? Thomas struggled with that. It makes sense. Thomas just wanted some evidence. He wanted to see it. It was hard for him to hear. Well, okay, fine. A week later, the doors were locked again. There are those locked doors again. Why are they locking the doors? They're still afraid. We digress. Didn't they see the war wounds? Didn't they hear the message? Jesus comes to him again, doesn't he? He comes to them again and he says, Shalom. He says, peace be with you. He doesn't knock his disciples over the head. He comes to them in love. He comes to them knowing their hearts, knowing what they need. 
He comes to them again with a message of peace. He comes to them again, allows His disciples, allows His followers to see Him. He is indeed alive. He has risen from the dead. This is spectacular news. It can't get boring. And Thomas does. He gets to check it out, doesn't he? He gets to check the war wounds. And Jesus says, go ahead and see. And he writes these words down for you here today as you're sitting in these chairs. Thomas gets to do what we cannot do. He gets to physically check. And yet here today, we have Jesus' words, stop doubting and believe. Thomas, stop doubting. Disciples, why are you so afraid? I am the Messiah, the Lord, your God. I am the crucified and risen Savior. Take a look and see. Take a look and see, brothers and sisters. Take a look and see. Faith is being sure of what we hope for, certain of what we do not see. You are here today, even though you did not see Jesus on that cross, even though you did not see that empty tomb with your own eyes, you were there through Scripture. You were able to witness by the power of the Holy Spirit. The same Spirit that was promised to these disciples. When you heard the Word, the same Spirit worked in your hearts. As you were clothed with Jesus' robes of righteousness, When you are baptized, the same Spirit works in your heart as you come to the Lord's table and receive Christ's body and blood together with that bread and wine for the forgiveness of sins, the strengthening of your faith. The Holy Spirit has opened our eyes wide, hasn't He? Stop doubting and believe. Jesus has more for His disciples. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God, and Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. We have seen. What is our response to the glorious truth that Jesus lives? What is our response knowing that my sins are forgiven? Bold confession of faith, right? My Lord, my God. Jesus, my Lord, my God. Jesus, when I have problems, I go to Him. When I have sin, I go to Him. And I know that I am indeed forgiven. My Lord and my God. Oh, this is good stuff. And you are blessed. You are incredibly blessed, brothers and sisters. You are not under lock and key. We live in a country where we are able to freely worship our triune God. And yet we still live in a world in which we are afraid to do it, aren't we? We are afraid to make those bold confessions of faith publicly, maybe to our neighbor, to our friends. We live in a world where we could get ridiculed maybe on social media or to our face or alienated in our neighborhood or in our family. Maybe we're ashamed that we haven't taken the time to share this good news. Because, yeah, maybe we are just a little uncomfortable. Maybe we don't know quite what to say. We make it to be 
something too scary and we know it doesn't need to be. Because ultimately, isn't this the most important news that we can share, that we can live? Why are we locking ourselves in a room? Why aren't we going out into the communities? Why aren't we keeping this stuff to ourselves? The same spirit that was promised to the disciples is with you. The same message is with you. The same power of the keys is with you. When you sin, you not only have an opportunity to say, I'm sorry, but your neighbor, your brother in Christ, doesn't have to be the pastor, can say to you, I forgive you as if Christ forgave you. The Holy Spirit has given us everything. Stop doubting and believe. Show it in your actions. God declares it to you through His. You are indeed His child. No questions asked. He chose you. He brought you in. He forgives your sins. He loves you. He is with you. The door is wide open. Brothers and sisters in Christ, this week, I know Easter is a couple weeks removed now, but this week, consider how you could share this good news with someone else. Find someone. You don't need to convert a thousand people. Find one person this year. Find two people this year and share the good news of Jesus with them. Bring them the message of peace. Bring them Jesus, the risen Lord and Savior of all. For more information about Good News Lutheran Church, visit www.goodnewslc.org.